Welcome to Sips and Solutions every Friday. Today's sip is a coffee for me this morning, and my solutions are all about empowerment and empowering others to spin their own Ferris wheel. What the hell does that mean? Well, thank you for asking. You know, I like to talk about my themes that have come up for clients each week in my Sips and Solutions. Perhaps one of those will resonate for you. And one of those things that has come up is it appears that we're headed in a direction where managers will be doubling their load. We're cutting layers of management, which means someone has to manage the people below them, the real people doing the work. And so managers are going from seven to 14 direct reports, which by the way, made me laugh out loud as I think about being responsible for 180 17-year-olds when I was a high school teacher. And... um how actually managing 14 people isn't nearly as labor intensive as it might seem. I also had to laugh when I had another employee say, or client say, well, we've been encouraged to move to weekly meetings versus bi-weekly meetings. And also our caseload has doubled. I call it a caseload. Our direct report load has doubled. And this is where empowerment for me and the Ferris wheel comes in. There's been a trend in management to be more of leaders. And leaders lead, they develop, they coach, they do all these really great things. It's a lot because they also often are doing technical things as well or sitting in meetings and making things happen. How do you deliver the same quality? How do you scale leadership is really what we're talking about, or in this case, management. And that's where I like to think of a Ferris wheel. Perhaps I'll channel my inner graphic designer this weekend to create an image here. The Ferris wheel has a center point of where things turn. And then this Ferris wheel, there's a triangle. And in this triangle is the five dysfunctions of a team. The bottom of that triangle is trust. It's your foundation. Then we have conflict. And these two are going to hang out together. We're going to have conflict. We're going to develop more trust. We're going to have some conflicts. We're going to develop more trust. And right above conflict is commitment. Every time we have conflict, we come out on the other side with a commitment to, to each other and to something bigger than the conflict itself. Above commitment, we have accountability. Then we hold each other accountable for the commitment. Again, that commitment is not that you'll something small and trivial. It's something that's important to both of you. That commitment to each other, you're holding each other accountable at the very tippy top of that triangle is results. And oftentimes we start at the results and the accountability when we really just need to go back down to the bottom of that pyramid. And so that is the center of our Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel only has so many seats. And this is where some of my leaders are getting, well, I have more people that can fit on my Ferris wheel seats. And this is why you need two Ferris wheels. You need one that's strategic. These are the cross-functional and above folks. These are the, maybe a boot on the ground, perhaps a skip level and you're the, your skipper so that you're still strategically, right? Meeting with people. And those are, this Ferris wheel will go around once a quarter. And if there's any strategy to meeting a little bit more often then you can, but in general, it's going to make a full rotation once a quarter. Bottom of Ferris wheel, Invite that person to have that meeting. 
as that Ferris wheel is going up, that is the email with the agenda. This agenda is so important when we're talking about empowerment. We've got to empower people to drive agendas and to be driven by agendas. And then we get to the top. That's the meeting itself. And at that top, you're thinking about your pyramid. We aren't going to results in, in this meeting. That's not what's important about. And we're not starting with accountability. We're starting trust and conflict. On this agenda, where are some inner conflicts someone is having? Perhaps it's a decision they're trying to make. Where's the outer conflict this person is having? Perhaps it is between two of its direct or other, this person's direct reports. Where do you need more commitment? You could really actually just base an agenda off of a loose version of this. And when we get to accountability, now we're in the tactical part. Now we're in the weeds. But we didn't start in the bottom of what's the pulse of trust? Where can we build more of it? Because when the team has the trust and the conflict and commitment, the other things start to happen as a byproduct. You want the, the results to be a byproduct of the team. That Ferris wheel turns, right? Every person that you put on that Ferris wheel is a strategic person. And then you have the tactical Ferris wheel. The tactical Ferris wheel is where those 14 direct reports go. And that Ferris wheel might have to turn bi-weekly. And one week would be seven of those direct reports. The next week would be the other seven. And you'd rotate those if you have, for example, 14. And you may identify a few of those people that need to go weekly for six weeks. If it's someone new to really build a solid foundation, perhaps. You may find the first 90 days if you are a frontline manager. This would be my re recommendation there. And as that Ferris wheel is turning, you're setting that person up with their own Ferris wheel. This is the empowerment. And you're teaching them about the Ferris wheel. You can bring them right to my podcast if you'd like. Please do. I'd love to have them tune in and make their own Ferris wheel. And that Ferris wheel still needs to have agendas. And that Ferris wheel still needs that triangle because ultimately frontline managers are driving the accountability and the results. But we can't do it without really trusting each other. Being conflict doesn't actually have to be conflict-y, but it would be something that if we didn't have trust would feel like conflict, pushing back, asking a question. Anything that falls into the conflict bucket if we're afraid to go into it, it's because we either don't trust ourselves or we don't trust the person across from us. It's usually a combination of both. I don't trust myself to have the right ha myself to have the right words. I don't trust them to receive my words. I don't even trust that we'll have a solution. So then you start with, well, where do we rebuild trust with yourself? You got to put your own oxygen mask on. Head over to my last episode of Sips and Solutions and get yourself a scarf. These two Ferris wheels allow you to have a lot more people that you manage. The strategic stuff, go to your calendar, put in, make a reminder quarterly with the list of people on this Ferris wheel. Review it each quarter. Do people need to fall off? Do new people need to come on? And then plan accordingly of where those meetings will happen in the next three months. Strategic. Tactical Ferris wheel. Those are going to get set up a little bit more of a rotation. Again, to the calendar, decide where will those Ferris wheel meetings live? Ideally, 
you're also being bringing in some front stage energy of this is when these Ferris wheels turn. Are you great in the morning and much more backstagey getting work done in the afternoon or vice versa? Those will sl- those can be slots that you hold in your calendar. And that really gives you a clear view of, as one client called it, the calendar soup of where do these rotations live? How many of them can I truly have? And as the trust, as the everything builds, right? As you start having accountability and results, you may find that those 14 direct reports, some of them stay on the two week rotation. Some of them go to a monthly rotation, not because you don't want to see them, but because you've both agreed on, we need once a month to really sit down. And this is how we're going to communicate throughout the week. So we are throughout the month while we're waiting for that meeting. So that if anything comes up, you can pick up the phone and call each other. Empowering your people to do this also means that you don't have to be in charge of directing their career. You do all the work up front. And that first six weeks, if you're meeting weekly in a tactical Ferris wheel, you are building out their strategic Ferris wheel. If they have their own direct reports, you're building out their direct report Ferris wheel. You're creating infrastructure. And it's scalable infrastructure that is adjustable to the needs of the individual that you're meeting with. And you can pivot. It's super easy because every quarter you're going to be reminded of who's on these here. What It doesn't need to shift. It's a hypothesis that if these two Ferris wheels spin, then we will have a good balance of strategy and tactical things happening. The other theme that comes up this week, since I've been talking a lot about Ferris wheels and empowerment and dysfunctions of teams is letting go. It's trusting yourself in the process of letting go. Trusting yourself that whatever you let go of will be okay. You know, ta- I, I think of a, a toddler when they turn seven and you decide to clean out their toy faucet. That toddler's going to find a toy in there, maybe all of them that they suddenly love so much. <laughs> there is a grief process. And if we understood grief as just any time we transitioned or lose something, these are the seven stages you might experience. Shock. Denial, bargaining, bargaining is the number one I see on the letting go. Anger, if it doesn't go well, like all of these cycles happen and we have to just recognize that letting go will be uncomfortable. Just like that seven-year-old letting go of a toy that it doesn't even want to play with. The discomfort isn't about not feeling discomfort. It is about allowing discomfort. When we are grieving, we're allowing the feeling to be there. Step one. It's almost like a pre-step, really. Just allowing emotions to be there. Not because they need to be solved, but because they need to be expressed and felt. Step two is acceptance. And once you've reached this one, you have closed the cycle. The entire point of arrival is acceptance. It's okay if you fall back to allow. When you get to embrace, that's the third stage. 
you don't have to worry about falling back to allowing again because you will have fully embraced and integrated. And integration is what we're looking for. And one of my favorite ways to prep people to, to take on these tasks that you are holding on to very tightly is to use an analogy of a house and to invite your people that you're going to be giving this task to to say, you know, walk me through if, if, if this project or whatever those tasks are, if this was our house and the downstairs toilet breaks, you scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can fix that without me? And that person hopefully says 10, it's a downstairs toilet, you know, get a new O-ring, fix that thing. And then you say, okay, and what about if this thing, and maybe you name something specific that you know is a big one, you know, what if this thing, our upstairs toilet has a leak and it's pouring into the master bedroom below and the master bedroom is this project thing. You know, walk me through, you know, where do you, where do you anticipate struggling solving that? Or do you anticipate you know, needing some support? And you're essentially, the metaphor becomes a really easy way for you to roll back to someone when a downstairs toilet breaks, hey, you got this. And it gives you also a scale of one to 10, where do you see yourself confidently able to handle this? So upstairs toilet, master bathroom, one to 10, they might say a five, they might say nine. It doesn't even matter what they say. What you'd say is what would you have that you don't have now at that next number? And you get them to the 10. You may even sprinkle in a few things that you think they'd also have in order to fix the toilet that's leaking that's also messing up the master bathroom. You may not be able to get them those skill sets that are missing today, but now you have a plan to build. All right, let's get you those. And what's one thing a day that we could do or one thing a week that we would do that would work towards that? So these small chips make a pile. So now you're developing them. This is the infrastructure that you're building for them. Then you can walk through a scenario of, so a plane crashes into the roof and takes out the, the internet power line. And then equate that to some type of major catastrophic event. That's when you pick up the phone and call me. <laughs> and now you're getting clear. What are things that you think fall into those different categories? Here's the things I think fall into that. Now we have alignment. And we also know one to 10, if that was a real scenario that happened and your ability to solve it one to 10, where do you see yourself again? We're moving you there. We're developing our bench strength. As a leader, you know, when I was a high school teacher, if I left and the kids didn't burn the place down, that was a thumbs up. If I left and they learned something, because I really did my due diligence in building a solid infrastructure. It was autonomy. Those kids knew how to run that classroom without me. They knew how to learn without me. They knew how to in be productive without me. That is leadership. And if that looks like a weekly basis, we're not flying yet. A bi-weekly basis, we're starting to fly. And getting more tactical and strategic about what does it look like to truly empower my people you know, what is it that I'm holding on to if I need to meet more often? Is it that I want to be in the know? Is it that I really just actually missed managing that team and I want to know more about their struggles? Find out what's most important to you 
about the cadence and the meetings and the knowledge, like really what's important. And then ask yourself, is that a preference or a priority? And if it is a priority, then you can co-create a way to make that happen. And if it's truly a preference, you might be able to let go of that. These are some of the themes that have been coming up this week. Being uncomfortable. Allowing it. You don't have to embrace the suck, by the way. You can just allow the suck. These people that are embracing the suck, like, why? <laughs> just allow. We um, accept that's here. And then start embracing something new so we can see different, do different, have different. Remember also that goals narrow our focus. People don't like to hear this because we're so performance coaching driven. But when we have big conceptual tasks, they require wide range thinking. They require innovation. And when we're looking to innovate, the reward needs to be the activity itself. The reward is the journey. It's actually not the reward. I, I take that back. The reward is the activity that you have on the journey. You may be a journeying forever. There is no in, end result if we are looking at a conceptual complex tax, perhaps. Sometimes there is. The reward is the deepening of the learning, the delighting the people along the way. It's doing your best. There's no shortcuts when you're looking at conceptual, complex tasks, like developing people. Goals will concentrate the mind. They do not make them very innovative. So there's your invitation. Whenever I'm setting quote unquote goals for my year, I'm looking at what are the activities I'm doing that are lighting me up? What am I doing more of? to deepen the learning? And am I, more importantly, am I laughing along the way? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sips and Solutions on Friday with Katie. If you'd like to learn more, go to owlprofessionalcoaching.com, O-W-L, professionalcoaching.com. Follow me on the Instagram, Outstanding Women Leaders or owlprofessionalcoaching.com or podcast over there at Outstanding Women Leaders. More content from your girl, Katie, over at Owl Professional Coaching. And just a quick reminder, the best solution I've ever provided for a client was to take life just a little less seriously. It is only life after all. Bonus points if you know that Indigo Girls song. And remember, leadership is about your brain. It's about your body. More importantly, it's about your soul. <laughs>